Hello everyone and welcome back to Pancreas on Strike. Today we will be discussing how to approach the topic of diabetes with your significant other. Throughout the episode, I may refer to this person as an SO, just to shorten it a little bit. This episode is going to be personal and get into some topics that may not be PG-13. I'll explain. Now, opening up to someone can be difficult without the additional information of diabetes. When I got into my last relationship, I was scared to approach the subject and to be intimate with this person due to the scars that diabetes had left on me for 18 years. I'm here to tell anyone listening that it's okay to be nervous. This is not your average conversation of, oh, are your parents still together? Approaching this topic can be difficult because now your condition is affecting somebody else's life as well. Now, this isn't said to be a bad or negative thing. It's just something that happens. For example, if your sugar drops in the middle of the night and you're used to waking up to your alarm, like if you wear a CGM, or you just wake up naturally if you don't wear one, now there's someone else who may be woken up by your low sugar. This is what happened in my last relationship, among many other things. Now, this episode is not just for diabetics, but for those who are in relationships with diabetics as well. I have mentioned it on the podcast episode, Parents of Diabetics, that you should never be ashamed of your diabetes. It's part of who you are. One thing I will say is you know who the right one is, depending on various factors, but one of those being how they handle this change in their lifestyle. Even though they're not the ones counting carbs or they're not the ones whose entire life is controlled by a single number, they still have to change some of the way that they do things or when they do things, depending on your diabetes. Just note that when I say my ex in these examples, I was in a relationship with them during the time that these examples occurred. One thing that may change for you and your SO is sleeping. Like I said, I wear a Dexcom G7 and the alarms are loud to ensure that I don't sleep through them. My ex would be woken up by these alarms all the time. I felt terrible and my ex was toxic, so I would get a lot of crap about how they were being woken up by the alarms. At the time, I felt so bad that I would silence the alarms. Don't do this. It is dangerous and you can drop so low that unfortunately you pass away in your sleep. Looking back, I can see how it would be irritating, but at the same time, it's not like I could control my sugars 100% of the time while I was sleeping. I can do certain things like eat a snack before bed or adjust my basal rate through the night, but nothing is ever going to be a 100% fix-it-all solution. If it's a serious issue, try sleeping in separate rooms. Now, I know this is not ideal, but it is the best case scenario. My ex would have to get up and be at work by 5 a.m. So I can understand how my glucose alarm going off at 1 a.m. was very frustrating. And even now, I work second shift, so I get off at 11 p.m. and usually stay up until about 1.30 or 2 a.m. Once I finally fall asleep, it's frustrating when it goes off. Now, to the SOs, 
please know that we do not purposely try to wake you up or interrupt your sleeping schedule. Trust me when I say we hate the interruption to our schedule as much as you do, if not more. If you are woken up by the alarms but the diabetic is not, please wake them up. If you can, try to grab a juice or snack for them for when they wake up. I keep juice by my bed so I can easily roll over, correct my sugar, and go back to sleep. Now, it's not always the best idea to directly go back to sleep. You want to make sure that your sugar is up before you do so or in range. But I am so tired that I just roll over and go back to sleep. Just be aware that sometimes we can't go back to sleep as soon as possible for risk of unfortunately falling into a coma. Now, I don't say this to scare anybody. I have said it before, but my sole intention for this podcast is to bring awareness and to make those who are diabetic have a place to just find information and learn things and those who aren't diabetic to do the same, to be able to educate and learn. Know that I never try to scare anybody, but I am also not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, worst case scenario, if we fall back asleep when our sugar is low, is that we'll have to wake up again and drink some more juice or eat another snack, something like that, because that's not the worst case scenario. And in my opinion, it's not helping anybody to sugarcoat anything or to leave out information. Another thing that's going to be affected is eating on time. Now, this is a hot subject in some relationships. There would be times where I would have to eat something right away. I understand the frustration if, say, we're on like a road trip or somewhere where food is not easily accessible and we have to stop whatever we are doing so that I can eat something. My ex, when we first got together, did not really understand the importance of looking after my diabetes. Granted, it wasn't my ex's responsibility to look after my diabetes, but as a lot of you may know, when you have somebody who you know, somebody you care about that is diabetic, you are going to try your best to help them. My ex asked their best friend, who was a nurse, about diabetes. My ex wanted to learn about it and get a basic understanding of what diabetes was. And then in the beginning of our relationship, my ex would ask me a lot of questions, which some people may get annoyed about. But I actually appreciated my ex trying to take the time to learn about my condition. Now, my ex did get into the medical field, um, and at that point, it started to get a little frustrating because they started treating me kind of like a parent would. They would say, can you have that? Did you check your sugar? Did you do insulin for this, etc." I understand they were coming from a place of care and concern, but I've lived with this at that point for 16 years. I know what to look for and what to do. Again, in the beginning, when my ex would ask that, my ex would say, hey, you know, can you have that? That was a learning experience. I'm never going to put down anybody for trying to learn 
or trying to navigate diabetes when they're first listening about it or trying to understand it. When it began, it was like, oh, yeah, I can have this because, you know, I did insulin for it. And what was funny is despite it being a very toxic relationship for a lot of reasons I'm not going to get into because that's not what this podcast is about, my ex would end up being the one to kind of stick up for me. Whenever somebody would say, oh, can you have that in a judgmental way, not in a actually caring and considerate, concerned way, my ex would be the one to say, oh, well, a diabetic can have literally anything anybody else can with one exception. And obviously, people would say, oh, what was the exception? My ex would say poison, which is true. Diabetics can have everything a non-diabetic can have except poison. (laughs) Nobody can have poison. So it's just we have to we have to think about like portions or uh, moderation. You know, we can't have a slice of cake, uh, two cups of soda, ice cream and pasta, like we can't have that all at the same time, but we can still have each of those foods and beverages in moderation. Another thing that's going to be affected by your relationship, preparing for an emergency. Again, this podcast is not meant to scare anybody, but this podcast is going to bring up very valuable information. There was one time my old pump inset was not working and my sugar skyrocketed. I called my ex to come over because I really felt like I was about to pass out and I wanted someone there with me in case I did. After I called my ex, I called my mom, who was in another state, and updated her because she could see what my sugar was on her phone. What I didn't know at the time is while I was speaking to my mother, My ex was freaking out trying to call me. Apparently, the best friend's mother was diabetic and had an episode a year prior that landed her in the hospital. So my ex was terrified for me. My ex and her friend, the nurse, came over immediately and found me in the bathroom vomiting. The friend gave me insulin and my ex watched over me as we waited for my sugar to come down. Now, my ex had the benefit of having an RN as a friend, but if your SO does not, please make sure there is some type of game plan for if anything goes wrong. For example, if your SO works 30 minutes away, make sure they have a buddy at work who at least knows. I know that this can be kind of a situation because some people might say, I don't want people at work knowing my personal business, which I can understand. But it may be beneficial to befriend somebody, even at the basic level that you work with, that you can say, hey, you know, I don't want to put anything off on you. I just want to let somebody know, whether it's your supervisor, whether it's that friend, I just want to let somebody know that I am a type 1 diabetic. So if anything happens, you know, 
there is a sticky note on my desk with the phone number, um, anything like that. Make sure that that person, whether it is your significant other themselves, it is that supervisor from work, whoever it is, make sure they know what to tell paramedics, what to tell doctors, etc. If you need to, write it down so they can easily grab the information for emergency personnel. Write it down and pin it with a magnet to the fridge. Uh, I have a coworker who has a whiteboard in her office. She just wrote on the whiteboard, type 1 diabetic with an emergency contact. That's literally all you need to do. Now, it might be beneficial if you do type it up and pin it to the fridge with a magnet to write down, you know, type 1 diabetic takes this medication uh, via this treatment type. Like, for example, if you take uh, Humalog insulin via a pump, if you take insulin pins, that kind of thing. Because for those of you that don't know, I have been in the ambulance a few times, unfortunately. A diabetic being in an ambulance is not the same as somebody else, you know, who fell and broke their leg in an ambulance. In the fact that when a diabetic takes an ambulance ride, um, the paramedics have to start working on that diabetic right away. If you are unconscious because your glucose is low, you know, they can't wait for you to get to the hospital to start treating you. They have to give you something. Most times it's going to be a glucagon, which I will go into in another episode. Um, if your blood glucose is high, they have to immediately start treating you. There is no waiting period. Be prepared to give us insulin. SOs. If something significant happens, you may have to stab us. And I do mean with an insulin injection. I was terrified of changing my old pump insets. Now, I don't know why, um, but my ex's best friend would have to change it for me after my ex and I got together. As I have said, I am terrified of needles. So just know if your diabetic SO is as well, have to play nurse. Snacks upon snacks upon snacks upon snacks. If you carry a bag, like a satchel, a purse, what have you, you may find yourself carrying the equivalent to what a soccer mom carries to soccer practice. I'm talking juice boxes or bottles, crackers, snacks, sugar tablets, etc. Be prepared to find these all over the house or all over the car. You're going to hear a plastic wrapper turn around and see us eating. There have been many times I've had to eat on the way to a restaurant because I was already low and we knew the wait would be long. Also, please note that low blood sugar can make us exceptionally hungry. There was one morning I woke up, I think it was like 1230 in the morning and my sugar had dropped so low, I kid you not. I ate two packs of crackers, uh, drank one bottle of juice, ate some candy. Like, I ate a whole bunch of stuff. 
And then I sat there for a moment and was like, oh, this is going to be bad. Overeating is bad, but sometimes you can't help it. Guest room or medical room? I used to have a closet filled with medical supplies. Be prepared for this. There will be a room or a closet or a space somewhere that makes you look like you robbed a hospital. Now, I do take up two drawers of my dresser with pump and CGM supplies. I will tell you, it is kind of strange um, having random needles in my car because I keep injection syringes in my car in case I have to siphon insulin from my pump to give myself an injection. And it does look kind of strange at first. Moody. I have discussed symptoms of low and high blood sugar and how it affects our mood in previous episodes. SOs, please just know, please, please, please know that we are not trying to start anything on purpose. We're not trying to make your life difficult. We're not trying to be a jerk or, pardon my French, but an ass. We're not purposely trying to attack you verbally. Sometimes it's burnout. Sometimes it's just because our sugar is high. Sometimes it's because, you know, we're low on insulin. It's multiple different factors. But I do want to preface that by saying diabetics, keep in mind that this is not an excuse to be a jerk or to be abusive. I gratefully haven't heard anybody excuse it, but, oh, my sugar was high, so that's why I punched my significant other. That is not an excuse. 100% not an excuse. I, multiple times, have snapped at someone I love because of my sugar level, because I was mad that I did so much insulin and my sugar still has not come down. I've snapped at them. I've said, you know, what do you want from me now? That kind of thing. And I have regretted it every single time. And I have apologized for it. Again, please know that this is not an excuse for you to be an ass. Now, this is the part that is not necessarily PG. Intimate relationships. So I had to find out the hard way that interesting fact, when your sugar is low, it affects your intimacy with someone. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that. If you want to know more, please look that up. That's as far away from PG-13 as I am going to go. But Diabetes will impact your intimacy with someone. When your glucose is too high, you can't really have that intimate relationship at that moment with someone. Again, that is all I'm going to say on that. So again, if you're curious, please look it up. I will post a link in the description that explains this. but. The overall factor or the overall point I am trying to make to diabetics is, number one, your relationship 
is going to change because of diabetes. Again, I don't say that meaning it's going to change negatively. I don't say that, you know, oh, it's going to become bad. No, just know that your daily schedule may change. When you eat dinner may change. Things like that may change because of diabetes. Take it one day at a time. And please be patient with your significant other, especially if they're new to the world of diabetes and they don't know anything. Now, to the SOs, this is what I want you to take away from this episode. First of all, please know that we don't purposely try to wake you up in the middle of the night. No matter how annoying it may be, we don't attempt. We don't purposely say, hey, I want to wake up at 2 a.m. I want to wake up my husband, my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my significant other at 2 a.m. We don't purposely try to do that. Second, we understand that you care and we understand that you want to learn. And there may be instances. Now, this point, I want to say goes towards SOs and diabetics. There may be instances where one of you says the wrong thing. You know, the SO asks the wrong question or asks a question that appears like they're trying to parent you instead of being your significant other, but they're not. Again, if they're new to the world of diabetes and they're asking, can you have that? It's just because they don't know. They don't know that, you know, maybe they don't know diabetics can have sugar. They just have to have it in moderation. Maybe they don't know how insulin works. This is an educational moment. Don't snap at them because they are trying to learn. SOs, if your diabetic significant other does snap at you, please know that they may not mean it. They may have taken the question in the wrong way or, you know, they just don't know how to really educate somebody on it. For both, there are so many resources out there that diabetics can look up, but also non-diabetic SOs can look up as well. There are so many things to connect you. Again, diabetes will change your relationship. Not for the worst, not trying to sound all negative, but daily things will have to adjust. But isn't that every relationship? Especially when you get into a new one, don't you kind of have to adjust things already? So I just want to end this episode saying that It can be difficult for the diabetic and for the significant other for the similar reasons or for different reasons. Please just know to be patient with each other. Again, educate, inform, whatever you want to call it. Help somebody learn. People are going to make mistakes. People are going to say things that you may not see as offensive or as frustrating, but the diabetic does. Please just know 
that the diabetic is working on it. And please know that the significant other is working on it. Just be patient and work as a team with each other.